0: Welcome to Scaling with Disha, the show that helps online entrepreneurs to scale their business to six figures and beyond without the hustle or the overheads. I'm your host, Disha Wadup, and I'll be here each week to remind you that you can do anything you set your mind to. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Scaling with Desha. I am so excited that you're here. And these guests today are Epic, we're gonna dive straight in and learn so much about PR, which I'm super excited about because who doesn't like being famous? I mean, I totally do. So uh former, ge- former journalists turned PR pros. Michelle and Christian Ewan have spent decades writing stories that have been featured in some of the UK's biggest newspapers, including The Guardian, The Financial Times, The Telegraph, The Mirror, The Sunday People, and The Evening Standard. They've poured over 30 years combined experience into creating a free five days to pitch to the press challenge as well as toolkits and resources designed to help people think of something newsworthy to say to get public publicity for their business and take the first steps towards getting their story in newspapers magazines on the radio or TV. How freaking exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad that you're here. Oh, we're excited to be here.
1: It's just like, honestly, one of our biggest joys at the moment is talking on podcasts and just connecting with new people. So we are just super grateful for this opportunity.
0: Thank you. Absolute
2: pleasure, Deisha. Thank you very much for having us. Looking Thank forward to it.
0: Thank you. So anything you can expand on, tell us more about you you guys, your duo. Tell us about how what you've done with your Clients recently. Sure. Oh, yeah. I um,
2: start and show you.
0: So
1: I think the cool thing about myself and Christian is that we actually met each other in the newsroom we were like journalists working on connecting news desks way back in our 20s and we fell in love working in a newsroom like Lois and Clark um, and had like a newsroom romance and then we've kind of come full circle over the years we've worked in PR for the public and private sector and then fulfilled our um, ambition long-term ambition to set up our own PR agency. And yesterday we celebrated our fourth year in business together. Yeah, which was Woo!
2: a landmark. Yeah, very yes. proud of that
1: yes well done that's Thank you. Very much. <laughs> yeah it's been um yeah. I think the past 12 months in particular has been a massive period of growth like many people yeah. um our whole business model has had to change rapidly in response to the COVID pandemic but what has happened is that we've been able to scale up massively in a really short period of time and we've recently hit over a thousand business owners that we've helped and supported to take their first steps to get an to the press
2: yeah so there's lots of people out there now uh, implementing our knowledge and expertise to help themselves get that coverage that they want and deserve and just identifying story ideas that they've already got existing within their companies so it's been a really lovely thing to be able to help with
0: amazing that is epic that that's a such a big milestone thousand people to be able to save help that's that's awesome what has it been like over the last 12 months have you always worked at home together or have you been stuck together because of COVID. How have you found
2: that? (laughs) Yeah, well, we are, we have worked together. And so as Michelle mentioned, we did meet in the newsroom. Uh, Then we went off and had separate careers. So we both got into public relations. And then I had a stint in publishing. And then Michelle had a stint as well, self-employed working as a sole trader, um, starting her own uh, social media and marketing business. But then in 2017, that's when we came together to fulfill our um, collective dream, which was to be our own bosses and run our own company together. So we do work with each other day in day out and yes, we're married as well. So we do spend a lot of time with each other uh, to the point where people do pretty much say that we are one and the same person (laughs) or joined at the hip. Uh, But we we love that, we make it work. Uh, We're very good at compromising, very good at uh, listening to each other and respecting each other's uh, separate abilities and bringing them together in a way that works.
1: Yeah, we were working from home well before the pandemic, so it wasn't particularly a big shift for us, but ultimately, obviously, not being able to get out and see people and speak to clients in person was the biggest thing that we had to get used to.
0: I think it's been it's been a strange year, hasn't it? When we've had to stay inside. And I know a lot of couples have either become stronger or (laughs) distance distance themselves as well. And with having a business that's been growing massively as well, it's really good that you guys have been able to come together and grow your business and have that success as well. Do you think there was something in particular that has helped you scale or grow over the last four years? Um, I would say the thing
1: that most rapidly changed for us was the pandemic because that was the key moment when we literally, the day that the UK went into lockdown, we lost 85% of our clients so that was March Um, 2020 March 2020, we we literally had the phone ringing all day with people saying really sorry but we work in retail we work in manufacturing, we work in restaurants, we're not going to need PR so we were, by the end of the day we were literally down to like 15 percent of our clients left so we very very had to quickly make a decision are we going to go under or are we going to fight for this and the quickest thing for us to do was to turn our abilities to actually teaching people to be their own pr person and offering support via zoom um, and online and, and basically teaching people what we know about how to get into the press because there was a lot of businesses at that time if you think back that were pivoting that's right so they used to do one thing and then they were very rapidly having to change to the new climate and they were having to get the word out about what they were doing in a different way so they had to kind of pick up some PR skills at a relatively low cost so that they could move forward rapidly and we were able to kind of step into that, that space and, and be the people that provided that support.
2: Yeah, we we created a toolkit that was specific to businesses that were pivoting, which yeah. was called the pivot pack, which ended up being something that um, a lot of businesses did invest in and were very successful in gaining press coverage as a result of the training in there that we provided. So um, it was as comprehensive as we you know as it could be. And it was really designed just to help these people get the word out that they had to go from literally doing one thing to doing something in many cases a very very different thing so getting that media coverage at that time for them was crucial because it was going to help them to raise the visibility get in front of their ideal audience and then that way that would lead to more customers and more attention that way moving forward and i think because it was such an unprecedented time for everybody um in order for us to try and um create and and retain some degree of control in in our business and to sort of steady the ship was just a very very important thing from a mindset perspective it gave us that hope and focus that we can make it work and that we can now continue in a new direction
0: how did you find because i guess the types of customers that would go from uh done-for-you PR service to a doing-with-you or doing learning-do-it-yourself yeah. do doing type it yourself. of service um, are very, very different businesses. Okay. How did you find it changing that and marketing to a different, a completely different audience?
2: brilliant question it yeah. was
1: really fun actually because yeah. our done for you clients were companies that were very very well established they've been in business for several years yeah. and in a lot of case we're actually multi-generational businesses and yeah, they, um, they were family businesses so and um, they were very sort of concrete and they had a very well established customer base and um, so in some ways while it you know we always gave a hundred percent to those clients we were typically doing the same things a lot of the time in terms of um, because we were with them for three, four years, they had seasonal things that kept coming up and up and up whereas the new customer base that we were serving, a lot of people were very, very new to the business world, they were startup entrepreneurs everything was bright and fresh and they were really trying to get going very, very quickly in the most challenging environment you can think of. Unbelievable, unprecedented. So it was a real kind of psychological stretch for us to really dig deep into our our personal experience and come up with fast thinking ideas and also learn how to manage people's mindset because for a lot of people it was the first time they'd even remotely thought about doing PR and they had a lot of mindset blocks around what would people think and I don't want to blow my own trumpet and I don't know what good looks like and why would anybody care and do I have a story so we found ourselves it was probably 95% of it was coaching. Yeah. And then 5% of technique just to help people get their story over the line. So it was a really beautiful stretch for us to really dig deep and find something in ourselves that perhaps we always knew was there, but we were, I guess, almost comfortable in our done for you service model. And it Mm -hmm. really took a massive shake up for us to see that we could work in a different way and not only work differently, but actually really enjoy that, that change. That
2: was the crucial thing. We we did really manage to, to find enjoyment and fun in a period, which for us could have been, Quite, quite a daunting thing, but yeah. we, we we trust in each other implicitly. We have that strength, you know, that comes from not only being uh, business partners, but husband and wife, you know, we were there to lift each other up. There were days when one of us needed the other to give 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 each other that little bit of confidence, just to say, look, you know, we know that we're on the right track here. We've never doubted our abilities, but we were just embracing so many different things at once. You know, the whole sort of pivoting into being in front of the camera, for instance, and delivering coaching rather than always being in the shadows, which for a lot of PR professionals, you're kind of there working behind the scenes and. Everybody else is front and centre. And suddenly we were those people front and Mm centre, hearing our voices more than we'd ever heard them before and seeing our faces more than we'd ever been seen before. Uh, At a time when we uh, couldn't
1: even have any personal grooming. (laughs) Like getting used to Zoom and constantly looking at my eyebrows. You know,
2: I looked like Grizzly Adams (laughs) for a while. You know, I had a two foot beard and hair everywhere. But, you know, it was one of those things where everybody was in in a similar position and we, we just embraced it. Uh, continue to trust in what we were doing, started to get fantastic feedback, which is always a great thing. When you've got people telling you, you know, that you're on the right path and they're getting results and you can see that they're getting results as a result of what you're teaching them, then that is a huge incentive. And we just kept going and going from there. And it's it's incredible to think that we're now already more than 12 months on from the start of that journey. Yeah, yeah. and yeah.
0: did you use PR when you launched your done for, <laughs> done with you up? Oh, doing your self-service no I think like
1: any agency owner we always think about our own PR last because we were admittedly we were we were so rooted in we had to learn calendly and zoom and active campaign and all these different outsourcing um, stuff as well outsourcing tech Tech, and getting to grips with the actual technical job of delivering coaching online that we were so fixated on that I it's only been in recent months actually that we've picked up our own PR piece we've been on like BBC Radio 4 and we were in the Metro um, UK newspaper and that's again part of our own strategy going forward is to be more visible in PR ourselves yeah but we were just so rooted in rebuilding the business
2: at the time we were time and prior to that our bread and butter was copywriting and and getting other people in the press it it wasn't about us getting in it was we were paid to get other people in so it just wasn't something that we thought about and our reputation just spread through word of mouth and the website really people would just refer other people on because they'd work with us saw that we were this you know duo that did what we did and and it went from there so there was a lot of change but we we did it and we're happy to be here and we feel very blessed to be here as well.
0: There's so much to learn, isn't there? When you start a new, yeah, position, a or even transition into coaching and the online space. Um, yeah. it's such a vast difference to what The corporate world is, and such, especially if you're working with those corporate clients before moving to online. I just, I it blows my mind. And when people start a business, and I see it a lot when they come to me, and they've just started a new business, and they're like, "I want to be like you," and I'm like, "I am five years into my journey. Start at day one. (laughs) Like, it's gonna take you some time because there is an uphill learning battle to go through."
2: It's great advice as well. It's because it's true. You can't just accelerate to something so quickly you know as you say if you've been doing it for five years or however long it is and you, you've got those uh, routines established and you've got um, a system in place and you've got all of your ducks in a row and you've got different people helping you to do different stuff people who are just starting out you really just need to take it step by step day by day just grow confident in what you're doing and things will, will develop from there that's exactly how we did it we had each other and we just kept going and eventually things got easier became more comfortable, and then we made progress from that point on.
0: Yes, I love it. So what do you think um, you can share with us and the listeners around what they can start to implement if they're brand new or if they've been using PR or even if they've had a maybe done for you service in the past but are now looking to go and do it themselves, what is the first step in this PR thing? How do you even start? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's the most exciting
1: time, honestly. I think if you, even if you've had PR before, most people we talk to, it tends to be like in the distant past. Like they've kind of done it that one time, but almost treated it like a bucket list ambition. Like, I want to be in the paper, big tick, and I'll just move on and forget about it. And what we teach and what we're passionate about is normalising PR, making it part of your overall marketing strategy. So it's something that you do consistently so you can benefit from it in the longer term, rather than this is kind of like one-off hit. So that's something that um, is a mindset thing that's really important to understand. It's not something you just pick up and put down. it's really bringing it into your overall strategy um, for marketing and we always say the best place to start is understanding your PR personality and what we mean by that is where do you naturally feel comfortable so it might be that you're a person who feels really comfortable writing social media posts or with the written word where you've got time to sit and craft something in your own you know your own space and really Think through the words that you want to choose, and that's your happy place. Or you might be a person who you stick a microphone in front of them, or a um, a, a, a smartphone, and you can go onto Facebook Live and you can talk and talk to the cows come home, and you feel super comfortable on camera or audio on something like Clubhouse. So. We always say to take the stress out of PR, lean towards the direction that feels most comfortable for you. If you know you're happy speaking and talking, then aim for radio and podcasts and TV. Or if you're a person who likes to use the written word, then go for Um, newspapers, magazines, online, um, guest blogging, online things so that you're not kind of wrestling against your nature at a time when you're really starting to just put your toes into the pond and experience PR for the first time.
2: And and it, it is such a fascinating thing that we've learned because we have talked to people who, for instance, really do not want to be using their time writing an article, for instance, or creating something. And when we say to them, well, you don't have to do that, it is, um, it is a, eure- a eureka moment because they genuinely haven't thought, well, of course I don't have to do that. If I don't like it, I can just focus on broadcast-related stuff instead. And it might seem such a simple thing, but I think because there can be these preconceived ideas about how PR works, and if you're not Charles Dickens or something, you're not going to ever get an opportunity to, be, to get any publicity. As Michelle said, we completely normalise it by taking all of that away. you should lean into what you're comfortable with and focus on that because there's enough out there, there's literally an ocean of opportunity that you can go and put your fishing rod in the areas that you feel most comfortable in. And then eventually those uh, opportunities will come to you and you will become comfortable finding them as well. So it's a two-way thing.
0: So that's definitely a good starting point. Yeah, because I i know, like you'll have probably noticed by now i can talk forever and (laughs) not find it an issue when i do podcast interviews and they send me the predetermined questions like i don't even need to read those because i'm not even going (laughs) to plan because i'll just say whatever comes up when it happens Um, but i have clients that are like oh can you read over my answers for these podcast interview questions because they'll stress so much about what they're going to say and how they're going to say it and things like that when they're going live whereas For me, sitting down to write something, I'm like, I can tell from my website that I don't update my blog very often because I I can't sit down and write long enough, but get me on a live. I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll talk forever. And then 20 minutes have passed. Oh, okay. But you've made your key
2: points. And most importantly, you will feel most happy, most comfortable. You'll be the best version of you because you're operating in a medium that is natural for you.
1: So don't put yourself in a situation that feels uncomfortable we nope. talk about it our the way we teach it is you are all on a comfortability curve okay yep. so there'll be somewhere on that that curve where you're happy your are happy places and over time you can build in some stretch goals so for example if right now you're quite comfortable on clubhouse then perhaps a natural moving point on from there would be radio or if you're quite comfortable blogging for your website yeah, writing. um, writing, then an, a natural point might be to submit a pitch to your local newspaper that's written. So it's just understanding what makes you feel good now, building in that stretch goal and just trusting that you can still get PR by leaning into your own personality rather than telling yourself that PR has to look like X, Y, Z. Yeah.
2: That's the secret formula. It really is, you don't have to do something that doesn't, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to do it.
0: I love that, yeah, (laughs) that's awesome, I think, because there's so many different entrepreneurs and different styles of people that being able to do something that aligns with them and their values and the way that they project themselves. So a lot of people have a real issue with getting on videos, for example. Um, and so, if they can do something that is different, it's gonna make it so they actually do it, right? Because yeah. that's what it's all about. Exactly it's actually about it's yeah. taking action. Because if you force yourself to do something
1: that feels totally out of your comfort zone, that's gonna make you cringe and just feel inadequate and all these negative emotions. You're just gonna leave it on your to-do list forevermore. Whereas if you just find that little jumping off point that's a little tiny bit outside of your comfort zone but still in your um yeah. your center of power then you are much much more likely to take action Yep.
2: Yeah. couldn't agree more
0: and how do you find these people whether it's a blog or a radio or tv how do you find the people that you need to speak to to submit your ideas or your pitch
1: That's a really good question. So there's two types of PR that you can do. So I just wanna talk about these because this is a really good educational opportunity for people to understand where, again, where they might naturally lean into. So there's reactive PR. Now, that is when a reporter or a broadcaster, typically at a national level or a regional level, will put out an appeal for a person to talk about a particular subject that they are writing an article on. So that might be entrepreneurship or it might be something in the health realm or fitness or any topic you can think of. And they will say, I'm writing an article about this. I'd like to speak to this type of person. And if that is you, you can absolutely put your hand up and say, yep, I'd love to talk to you about that and get involved with that opportunity. That's the quickest, fastest route to the nationals because it tends to be national journalists who use things like hashtag journal request, which is J O U R N O R E Q. U E S T. If you check out that hashtag on Twitter on a rolling 24-hour basis you will see opportunity after opportunity from reporters and broadcasters looking to speak to people um, and you, you can kind of cruise that hashtag and look out for things that feel like a good fit for you and another platform you might want to consider is Lightbulb which is a, um, an entrepreneur and a reporter hangout so basically once again reporters and broadcasters will hang out out on light bulb and they will say i'm looking for this type of person and if you're a good match then you can contact them and say i'd love to be involved how do we move this forward so light bulb is um so Obviously, Journal Request is free on Twitter, whereas Lightbulb is a nominal fee of something like £5 a month. And just to say we're not affiliated to that in any way, we just know people who've used it and it's worked for them. Yeah,
2: they've just fed back good words to us about it as a platform. Yeah. So that's the reactive side, and then there's the proactive PR approach as well.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Pro- proactive PR is when you actually take it upon yourself to pitch a story idea to a member of the press. Now, it's really, really important when you do this that it is actually a newsworthy story idea. You can't kind of wrap up an advert in secret, secret, secret material and hope nobody will spot it. Reporters are very intuitive and they know when someone's trying to pass off an advert as a story idea. So it's really important that you focus on what is the newsworthy aspect of what I'm trying to say here. And in terms of looking for places to pitch, you can start local. So you might want to start with your local newspaper, again, to kind of, gain confidence and practice the pitching technique or you can look at specialist magazines or journals or you can look at national newspapers there's radio stations there's podcasts so you will have to do a degree of researching but something like if you go to magazines.co.uk there's over a thousand magazines on there with every different kind of interest and speciality you can think of that you can proactively reach how out to and put your stack story idea across to them.
2: Yeah. So hopefully that that's two useful ways of how you can approach PR from the reactive side and the proactive as well.
0: Yes, with the um what did you say lightbulb.com?
2: The lightbulb, yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think there is a another level of commitment from those that are posting on there if you're paying for it as opposed to the Twitter is that more beneficial do you think because I know every man and his dog responds to some of those journal requests yes on Twitter they, do.
1: Yeah. they do with journal requests the thing is it's free so it's um removes that barrier if you're a brand new startup business and marketing any you know every single pound or penny counts then journal request is something you can do absolutely for free. And even though you will see lots of people respond, the reporter will still be looking for a quality interviewee. So if you are a really good fit for that opportunity, it doesn't mean that you'll miss out just because there's a large quantity of people posting on there.
2: Yeah, and um, you get a lot of people as well that, that do respond to Twitter to journal request and they don't actually fulfill the criteria in full. So for instance, if a journalist is asking for... Um, A person of a particular age in a particular industry, particular gender, whether or not they're a a parent, etc. You know, sometimes to only have. Two of the four criteria might not make you the full package for that particular story. Whereas if you do literally tick off every box that has been given for you to fulfill, you have got a far greater opportunity to be considered for that, for that particular opportunity. So it is definitely worth investing the time, but making sure that when you do respond to a journal request, that you you are fully um fitting that criteria before you spend your time getting kind of sites open getting prepared to, to send your you know almost throwing your hat into the ring make sure that you do you do fit the criteria
1: and i would say with light bulb just to answer your question obviously anything you pay for you are more likely to be invested in of course yeah so five pounds for a, 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 month, a, a, a month. monthly subscription it's possibly the cost of a fancy coffee, but it's still something that you've actually paid for. So you may be more inclined just to give yourself that accountability to check in, whereas something like journal requests, because it's free, you can kind of trick your brain into thinking I can just do it anytime.
0: I'll mm. just keep putting it off and I'll keep putting it off.
2: Yeah. But it's it's great to do them both in tandem or yeah. either, or if possible, Yeah, because there's so many opportunities
0: and how do you decide what your story is because so many people are like well I just have this service or I just have this offer that I want to sell and I don't know if I have a story and so many people come to me and say I don't have a story at all I think everybody has a story but how do you decide what is useful to the press as a story
2: what a good story looks like yeah Yeah, do you want to start michelle and i can so
1: we created a free download 20 story ideas that are applicable to any business owner whether you're brand new in business or you've been into business um you know several years that is completely free um and we will share a link if that is of interest to anyone and that's really just to get those creative juices flowing and really start to look at yourself how other people look at you because you will find that you can naturally spot stories for other people they'll tell you things and you'll think oh gosh that's interesting or that's different or that's exciting but for you it can be you kind of have your story blinkers on it's hard for you to see yourself how others see you but we always say to um our golden rule with storytelling is to put humans first people first strategy so not the product not the service it's the people and most likely you as the business owner at the heart of the story and very popular stories that work time and time again You can pick up any newspaper magazine and you'll see this particular story told over and over again is what did you used to be versus what do you do now there's that kind of pivot story and particularly during the pandemic has been so so um newsworthy people want to know how did you become the business owner that you are today and the beautiful thing about that particular your story is you get to share your why so people can connect with you on a values basis they'll want to get to know like and trust you because they're invested in your story versus feeling quite ambivalent about a a product or a service or something quite abstract because we know that people buy from people so the more that you can show of yourself the more connections you can make in terms of your interests things that you're passionate about causes that you support then you are much, much more likely to be memorable. And when someone does need the product or service you sell, you will come to the forefront of the mind.
2: So true. People like to see people doing well. And, do. and people do like to get an idea of why you do what you do. What is it that makes you get up every morning and deliver the thing that you're passionate about? So once people get a handle on that and they've had a chance to read, read about you or hear about you and then connect with you, as Michelle said, when they're in the market for that particular product or service that you offer, you're going to be front and centre because they've already established some form of a connection with you based upon values and principles and also inspiration as well because people love to hear about people doing well. It could be the thing that a person hears one day and it could be a game changer for them. They might be having second thoughts, for instance, about what they do. Then they might read a story, hear something that really motivates them, inspires them and sets them on a completely different journey. So there's there's a real emotion weight a real gravitas to to media coverage and also there's that fantastic sense of validation that you get from it as well to have credible news outlets you know covering your story and talking about you is is fantastic for validation and for your own mindset
0: what would you say because i know this has happened to a, a previous coach of mine she she got some coverage in a very large newspaper in the uk and great but she got a lot of backlash and negative comments from trolls online on that specific article. What mm-hmm. would you say to people that, are, obviously that's gonna be a thing, I guess, generally, if it, if, especially if the article is online as opposed to in print, how mm-hmm. do you handle that side of things?
1: So what I would say about that is if you look at any news story, any news story, there is a percentage of people in the comments who are coming to that with a negative attitude. We, you know, we see keyboard warriors, keyboard trolls who literally use their spare time to just be quite obnoxious and nasty online. And very often it's not even personal to that, that particular story it's just an outlet for them to vent or be quite unpleasant that's not to say that doesn't hurt or it doesn't feel anxiety inducing when it happens to you because we're trained to internalize things we think oh my gosh somebody said something nasty it must be a true reflection of me and you can kind of go down into that spiral what we would say is if you are a business owner this is a great way to select out people who are not your ideal customer. You're never gonna sell anything to them. They're never gonna commission you. They're never gonna want your product or program or service. And that's fine. Cause that means you can focus on the people who did respond positively and they have some form, some degree of emotional connection to you. So it's really important to focus on the fact that it's a good filtration system to get the people you don't want to work with out of the way. But that's also important to develop some emotional resilience, some ability to to cope with negative interactions. So it's not going to harm your sense of um, validation or your peace of mind. And you're going to be able to walk away from that with more positive feelings Mm -hmm. than bad. And to be honest, just being able to say, as seen in, as heard on, as viewed on, that credibility piece is going to be so good for your business that the troll element that will very, very quickly, once the initial kind of like, oh my gosh, once that's died down, the thing you'll be left with is the credibility. And that will far, far outlast a a horrid comment that someone's really fired off without thinking about it.
2: 100%. Don't don't ever let negative comments where they have no merit in terms of what I mean by that. They're not comments which are being made in a constructive manner. They're just being made to be negative and to be corrosive. Don't let that detract from the achievement of having secured coverage. And also trolls are there to be fed. Don't feed the trolls. Don't don't, don't engage with them. Don't give them what, what they're looking for, which is they want to create Um, a situation they want to create some form of a dialogue in these comment sections in order to fulfill their own agenda the best thing to do is just to ignore them focus on the people as Michelle said that are responding positively that have made a connection to what it is that you're about what your values are and you will find that that will be a much more effective way of helping you to stay true to your own journey and to your own passions and purposes as well
0: I love that. And I always tell my clients to celebrate the trolls. Um, yeah. because I'm like, it means you're getting visible and pissing people off. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> if, if, if you're pissing enough people off, then that your people are gonna generate towards you as well. So yeah. we like pissing people off. <laughs> yes. And as Michelle <laughs> said,
2: it is a filtration system. I think yeah. that's a really good yeah. way of putting it. You know, you will find your own tribe, you will find people that want to be in your world, you will be in their world, and it's it's just a case of of almost. The matchmaking process, really. People will naturally gravitate to people that they know, like, and trust. So media coverage is an essential part of being able to do that just by getting the name out and the word out to a larger audience.
0: I love it. You guys have been a fountain of knowledge and I'm like, ah, oh, I've got so much to do after we finish this podcast.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> yes, great to hear.
0: Write, write loads of notes and get stuck in. Oh. So thank you so much for joining us. I just have- Pleasure my three random questions oh exciting okay. okay do we get
2: to answer them each or is it one each or do yeah do you it? can
0: do you you can both answer each okay. one I mean, okay okay i have the same version same you might be might do.
2: yeah we'll okay. try not to finish so, each other's answer
0: what
1: do you do for fun oh i watch shark phil shark yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with shark films I love like Jaws and The Meg And all that kind of stuff I'm just like everyone always tags me in On Facebook, on posts about shark films I don't even know why I'm obsessed with them But I like to chill out to a good shark film Like a documentary or... No, no, like a really cheesy, The like the worse the film, the better. Just like, I love like terrible shark films.
2: Sharks, uh, you know, <laughs> running rampant in supermarkets, that type of thing. Sharknado's, Sharknado. That sort of stuff. The, big, the bigger, the better for, for Michelle. So yeah, shark movies. Um, I love to, I, I'm I'm a big, big music fan and I'm a musician. So for fun, I love to sit and play my guitar. Sometimes I write I write the odd daft tune if I've got a bit of time. Chris
1: has been very modest. He's a very good songwriter. But I
2: tend to write more novelty type parody things, really, when I, when I have the time and inclination to do it. And I just also sit, um, love listening to music. I'm a big record collector. So for fun, I love to collect vinyl, go shopping around record fairs and boot sales and trying to find some hidden treasure. That That's my favourite thing to do.
0: Also, awesome. I know there's some fantastic record stores in Northern Quarter, in Manchester. There is indeed. There is. We're
2: very lucky. where We are, aren't yes. we? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: what does freedom
1: look like for you? Ooh. Oh, the ability That's to great. wake up in the morning and choose what your day looks like.
2: I really can't say anything better than that because that we are definitely in agreement with that one. I think if you've got that ability, yeah, just to be completely owning what you do and to feel nothing but a light the feeling of, of a light shining on what you're doing each day that for me is is, yes. is the purest definition of freedom definitely
0: love, it. love yeah. it and what is one huge personal goal that you guys want to tick off
1: oh, so i've got two things that i really desperately want to try one of which is paddle boarding I've been reading a lot about paddleboarding and I've got terrible balance and I'm quite sure I'd be the first person in the water but there is something about it that I'd really like to give it a go and the other thing I want to try is to throw a pot I'd really love to have pottery lessons
2: yeah great answers um I'm trying to think well Prior to the pandemic, myself and Michelle uh, we were quite avid travellers. We used to really, really enjoy. We we're very blessed and very fortunate to see quite a lot of the world. But um, one of my goals has always been to, to hopefully get to Japan with Michelle. I've always wanted to visit Japan. Um, it's a country that's always fascinated me from being very small because of that fantastic juxtaposition of the ancient culture you know, of Japan with, with the westernised, sort of the more modern side of things as well. Um, I would love as a goal to be able to one day see Japan just to get a feel of the experience of it Um, and I think really other than that in terms of day-to-day I think it's just to continue to uh, be healthy and happy and to keep doing what we're doing with the business is to keep helping as many people as we can carry on scaling up spreading our knowledge and and wisdom with people that, um, that, that that want to learn and And implement it. I think that for me is, I do feel now that what we're doing is a very freeing thing and I really feel like I found my purpose as well. It's been an enjoyable career. Yeah.
0: Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being guest today. I really appreciate it getting to know you. And I know you've dropped some amazing value. So I cannot wait for everybody to listen to this. Um, is there anything else that you would like to part with the audience we're going to drop the freebie links and things and links to you guys down in the show notes for people to check out anything else you want to part with our audience today
1: Oh, um, I, if I could leave you with anything, it's to remember the importance of being persistent and consistent when it comes Agreed. to PR. Don't treat it as a bucket list. It's not shark diving or jumping out of a plane or anything like that. It's something that has the power to truly transform your business. The more you lean into it, in terms of scaling up, can you imagine the benefits of getting your business in front of not just 100 people or 1000 people, but in lots of cases, millions of people with massively read publications and really popular TV shows and radio stations. Think about how impactful that could be in terms of increasing your ability to scale up as a business.
2: Yeah. Yeah, really, really powerful thing. And it can be harnessed as well doesn't have to be something to fear. doesn't have to be something that you think that only other people get to do. You can own it.
1: Have fun with it. Have fun
2: with it. Identify your own story, why you do what you do, and then go out there and spread it. Spread the word to people and people will then, they will hear about you and then they will come to you.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Make sure that if you haven't already, listeners, to subscribe, hit the button below and join us next week for another episode of Scaling with Deesha. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I really hope that you genuinely learned something from today's episode. If you found this episode useful, then please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. I personally read each and every one. Until next time. Bye.